Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. Hello and welcome to an all-new installment of Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network, live from the Al Davis Studios. On the bucolic western shore of Maryland in the heart of the Severna Park Business District, I am your host flying solo tonight, Greg Klein. Uh, Great to have you join us. We've got a jam-packed show for a week, well after the end of session, before any vetoes have come out. We have had one busy week uh, in Maryland politics. I'm going to break it all down for you here in a second. In a little while, we're going to be joined because I've got some business i got to take care of before we have them on the air. This month, the month of May, if you're not aware, is Maryland Podcast Month. Now, this is the second year in a row that Red Maryland and others have hosted uh, Maryland Podcast Month. This is a month where we celebrate and introduce our audience to uh, podcasts that are produced here in Maryland. If you go to MarylandPodcastMonth.com, you'll see a bunch of participating podcasts. And folks, it's not just Red Maryland. Uh, our friends at Ion Annapolis, the the Daily Briefing, the the um, uh, the uh, the Annapolis Crabs are on there. Uh, folks from the Realm Network, our friends at the Langer Cast, uh, Kirk McEwen's podcast is on there. We've got a bunch of podcasts from WTOP who's participating this year. We're going to be joined in a few minutes by our erstwhile Red Maryland colleague Jimmy Braswell, who does a movie podcast, JB's Drive-In Podcast. We'll talk to him in a second. All of those and many, many more, every area you could think of, every angle on politics, sports, history, lifestyle, uh, all produced here in Maryland that we're celebrating and urge you to check out and make part of your podcast listening rotation. Just go to MarylandPodcastMonth.com, check that out, uh, and we'll have Jimmy on here in a little while. We'll have some other folks throughout the month, if you're listening to Red Maryland Radio, uh, to, to have on and introduce you to some of these great podcasts. We're fans of podcasting. If you are listening to this, you obviously are a fan of podcasting. And if you like Red Maryland and what we do here, my guess is you're going to enjoy some of these other Maryland-based podcasts uh, that'll strike your fancy, whether it's music, lifestyle, there's a parenting one, there's every. Just go to MarylandPodcastMonth.com, check it out. Now, tonight's show, uh, Red Maryland Radio, is brought to you again, and time's running out here because it's brought to you by our friends at the Frederick County Republican Central Committee, who invites you to their Lincoln Reagan Day dinner, which is next Friday, May 10th. It's going to be held at Linganore Winery, 13601 Glistens Mill Road, Mount Airy, Maryland. The keynote speaker, Congressman Jim Jordan, you are not going to want to miss this. VIP reception starts at 6, dinner begins at 7. Time is running out. Today is, I, I still think they'll sell you a ticket tomorrow or between. Now in May 10th, but the time to buy tickets is running out rapidly. You want to call our friend Joey Lynn Huff. And you can contact her at 240-315-6229. That number again, 240-315-6229. Or email her, joeylynnh at comcast.net. Uh, and we have a link at redmaryland.com. You can check that out. And that's brought to you and sponsoring tonight's show, the Frederick County Republican Central Committee, Joey Lynn Huff, Treasurer. All right. Now, while we're waiting for Jimmy to come on the line here, oh, he's on the line here. Let me, let me introduce you now. We'll get into the politics here in a little bit. Uh, in celebration of Maryland Podcast Month, uh, I want to bring on as, as a guest uh, a local podcaster, a former voice here on the Red Maryland Network, our good friend, the host of the JB's Drive-In Podcast, uh, local attorney, restaurateur, noted author. I could go on and on, but I won't. Our friend Jimmy Braswell. Jimmy, are you there? Can you hear me, Greg? I, I can hear you. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you all right. Listen, I'm here with Paul as well. We are in the middle of recording our Jurassic Park episode, and we figured it'd be a good idea to simulcast, even though we later edit our show and release it, unlike Red Maryland, which is live. Um, we thought it'd be a good idea to expose Red Maryland to our audience as well. Well, fat, well, we're, we appreciate that. That that is certainly in the spirit of 
Maryland Podcast Month. So, so Jimmy and uh, Paul, tell us a little bit about yourselves and tell us about JB's Drive-In Podcast. Well, JB's, and I'll let Paul jump in if he, if he wants to. JB's Drive-In Podcast um, is, a, is a show that uh, Paul and I came up with last summer. And I don't really get out much because I have a little small army of kids and I want to have an excuse to hang out with my friends. And Paul and I always shared a love for movies. Uh, when we were growing up, we've known each other since I was 12, 13 years old, and those movies, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, we thought, you know, let's do a podcast about it. Let's actually look at the movies themselves, deconstruct them, give them background information about how the movie came to be, about the actors involved, any nuances about the, the movie itself during filming. And that eventually, it only took about an episode for us to start completely destroying the movies, which then evolved to me destroying Paul and destroying the movies. And now our latest episode is I'm inviting other people to join the show to destroy Paul and the movie. Well, Paul, I, yeah. Paul, I think you're entitled to some sort of retort to that. I, I completely agree with everything that he just said. Okay. And I am completely game for it. <laughs> the only thing I will add is, is that this is, because uh, I know your audience, to a degree, um, and, and I just want to make it clear that this is not a kid-friendly show. It uh, would definitely be a rated R show. Um, just for the language, just for the language. Yeah, we, not, we work blue. We do work blue. So and I, plus some of the movies that we cover are rated R, and I try to incorporate bits and parts of the movie as I'm editing. That's part of the reason why we don't do it live, uh, into the movie itself, and sometimes, you know. Yeah, I just didn't want anybody that, like, you know, well, you guys certainly do have fun. I, I'm, I'm an avid listener to this. And if you, if you love movies and a lot of the movies that you've done, you've done, you know, a lot of different uh, movies during the time span you're talking about uh, you have everything from horror. You did the, I think one of your best episodes was the Halloween episode that you guys did. I've never seen that movie and you guys, I know you I can hear you laughing. Um, but I learned a lot of that movie and now I feel like I don't have to ever watch that movie. Cause I listened to the two part podcast that you did on that. But, uh, I, I think we, we ruined the movies for people too. Well, so I don't know. That, you know I, one of the things that I think people listening to your podcast and I think you guys have learned during the podcast is any movie when you start pulling at the threads, it unravels pretty quickly. And, uh, yes. you know, that, that's reality. So tell people what are some of the movies you've, you've covered if they haven't had a chance to listen and, and what's in store in the future here for JB's drive in podcast. Sure. Um, we, we, we've covered a variety of movies from a Christmas Carol, the 84 version of Christmas Carol to die hard. Uh, most recently we, we've covered uh, star Wars and new hope. That's, the, the original Star Wars, um, as we're doing right now, we're doing Jurassic Park. Um, Raiders of the Lost Raiders Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Pet Cemetery. Uh, as you said, Halloween. Uh, our first episode ever was Predator, um, one of my favorite did movies. Did you say Die Hard? We did say Die Hard, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we did Titanic. Yeah. That's a great episode. If Robin you, Hood is a three-part episode that if you, if you enjoy the show, then you'll love the Robin Hood episode, I think. Yes. Yes, and uh, this summer, Greg, we have the idea we have for the summer is big tents, uh, blockbuster movie. That's all we're starting out with Jurassic Park. The next episode we're doing is another one of my all-time favorites is Jaws. After that is Empire Strikes Back, which is to some people the greatest movie of all time. Um, and then we'll be releasing more summer blockbuster movies um, after that. We're, and we're always interested in you know people feedback. coming, you know, suggesting movies or whatever else. I mean. You know, we'll always take a look at whatever. Um, we've had some suggestions in the past. Pet Cemetery was a suggestion. Mm-hmm. I believe, uh, I think Raiders might have been suggested. We were going to do it anyway, but, you know, I believe Raiders was a suggestion. We did Iron Man as well. Um, and weirdly enough, Black Panther because of the timing. The timing, yes. Um, but uh, basically, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, you can hit us up on Twitter. Uh, at JV's Driving. Mm, JV's Driving, uh, Facebook, JV's Driving, Podcast, um, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, you subscribe there. 
Um, we don't have a Facebook yet. We're looking to get on YouTube as well. We're going to be looking at that and as we're getting a compendium of episodes. We wanted to get a lot under our belt before we start really um, going full force with advertising. And honestly, we're we're pretty pleased with the audience that we've had now so far and uh, the following we've gathered. Yeah, it's weird. You got it's an eclectic group of people that listen to the show. It really is. You know, it it works, and some of the feedback that we've gotten, most of the feedback we've gotten is positive. But you know, then again, you know, I I don't know that people are going to go out of their way to crap all over us as well. <laughs> right, right. No, people are pretty positive on the internet, so I'm sure you'll be fine. Um, right. one, one genre I know you guys haven't gotten to yet, and I'm sure it's in the works, but I don't think you guys have done a comedy yet. We, we've we done Ghostbusters, and we've done... Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, two, two, of, the, one of, the, two of the greatest comedies of all time, yeah. Yeah, and I think we're going to look into doing a kids' movie soon. Um, you know, yeah, just sure. like a, an animated movie or some kind of kids' movie. I think that the uh, the dual nature of the of the show and and how we kind of uh, approach these movies, it would be interesting to see how we cover a kids' movie. Yeah, well, it would be, and we're going to pick a good kids' movie to do that. Yeah, yeah. So we got that. We, you know, Maybe Frozen. <laughs> No, I won't do that. <laughs> do Frozen. Now, now, we're, now we're definitely doing Frozen. Maybe Heavy Metal. No, we're doing Frozen. Frozen. Oh, that's a great movie. Heavy Metal's a great movie. It is a great, it is a great movie. Greg's going to eventually join us. To, he wants to do an episode with us, so he's definitely going to do an episode absolutely. with us. I heard the episode with our friend Scott Shaver. I absolutely will never do a show with you guys. That That is that, the, <laughs> the thought with me. So I would, you know, you guys have a, an alchemy all your own, and I would, I would never dare to, to step into that. <laughs> I, I would never do. Well, for folks, I, I definitely urge you guys to check it out. Again, JB's Drive-In Podcast. There's a, there's a link at RedMaryland.com. Uh, you can go to MarylandPodcastMonth.com. It's a lot of fun. If you love movies, if you love guys talking about movies with a lot of personality and more than a little ball busting, this is this is a great uh, podcast for you to check out. So, um, guys, uh, Jimmy. And Paul, thanks for joining us, and good luck with the podcast. Listen, we, we appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, I think it's great, especially with you know we call it new media and the podcast realm becoming even more popular. Um, we really appreciate it, and we're looking to promote promote the other shows that are part of the a podcast month on this show as well, as well as Red Mail, which is probably one of the the. It's probably the, it's definitely the premier Maryland politics show. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything else that's even close. Yeah. And you guys, um, you and the master of pop culture, Brian Griffith, do a great job. Right. You should have Brian on the show. <laughs> you could watch a movie then if he was on your show. What, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, what movie would he want to come over? I mean, eight now? I don't know what movie he's in. Probably his baseball movie. But probably. No, you want, you want, you want well, you guys were talking about doing a baseball movie, so. Yeah, we he were. Made, made on that. That. Oh, no, actually, he actually texted me. He wants to do Demolition Man with us. He wants to do Demolition Man with us. I'll do that. Yes, we'll yeah, do Demolition Man. All right. Well, uh, definitely everybody well, check it out. JB's Driving Podcast. JB's Driving Podcast. We have a link at redmanly.com on the show page. Uh, guys, best of luck and thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. We'll see you soon, okay? All right. Take care. All right. I definitely urge you guys to check that because there's a lot of personality between those two. They have a lot of fun. And by the way, Paul and Jimmy both used to be on the Red Maryland Network and had their own show. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they got tired of talking about politics and who can blame them. So they have this uh, this uh, movie podcast. Um, I, I check it out every week. It's a lot of fun. JB's Drive-In Podcast. There's a link at RedMaryland.com. Um, and we're going to have more interviews with other podcasters from around the state. Throughout the month of May, which, of course, we're celebrating as Maryland Podcast Month, MarylandPodcastMonth.com. All right, let's take a break. Reset. We'll come back, and we've got a lot to talk about with uh, Maryland politics this week. You're listening to Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network. We'll be right back. You know, getting caught for a DUI is something that can happen to anyone 
simple mistake that can have serious lifelong consequences for the person who commits the offense. That's why if you're caught driving under the influence, you should have the best attorney standing up for you, protecting your rights. Gregory M. Klein is that attorney, a lawyer with a track record of strong defense for those arrested for DUI. If you need a lawyer, call 410-541-6DUI or visit annarundeldui.com. Gregory M. Klein, 410-541-6384. Hey, if you haven't heard yet, Red Maryland is on Patreon, patreon.com slash redmaryland. It's a great opportunity for you to support the good work we do here at Red Maryland. Just go to patreon.com slash redmaryland. You can sign up to support us uh, as, as for as little as a dollar a month. You can help us spread the word about Red Maryland. All the money we raise through Patreon goes directly into Red Maryland, spreading the word, upgrading our presentation, and promoting the cause of conservatism throughout the state of Maryland. So please do go check it out, patreon.com slash Red Maryland. Yes, I love technology. Uh, you know. Oh, shit. Well, I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? It's just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Well, we have voices. We talk about the issues. You know, I feel like we could do a podcast, and it would be a million times better than whatever that drivel was we were listening to. Without a doubt. All right, we're back here on Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network. A little kicks for you as we head into M3 this weekend. Uh, your boy is very excited. We'll hear from each of the headliners here as we go through as our bumper music. Uh, again, I want to remind you, tonight's episode of Red Maryland Radio brought to you by our friends at the Frederick County Republican Central Committee who have their Lincoln Reagan Day dinner Friday, next Friday, May 10th. Uh, 2019 at the Linganore Winery, 13601 Glissons Mill Road in Mount Airy. The keynote speaker is Congressman Jim Jordan. You will not want to miss him talking about the Mueller report, what's going on in the swamp in Washington, Donald Trump, everything about that. VIP reception starts at 6, dinner starts at 7. The deadline for to buy tickets and sponsorships is, is coming very, very quickly. You're going to contact our friend Joey Lynn Huff, 240-315-6229 to get tickets. You can email her, joeylynnh at comcast.net, and that is brought to you by our friends at the Frederick County Republican Central Committee, Joey Lynn Huff Treasurer, and there's a link again at redmaryland.com. Okay, we have a new Speaker of the House in Maryland. Uh, What a long, strange trip uh, it has been, and for those of you who haven't read what we've written about this, covered this uh, at redmaryland.com, or maybe you know, are curious why this is, this is even an important story. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of moving pieces. So I just want to run through it, um, run through it here a little bit and give some background for folks who may not be super familiar. I know many of you are longtime speaker of the Maryland house, Mike Bush delegate from district 30 a in the Annapolis area uh, passed away during session. He had been ill for some time. That's, that's important to keep in the back, back of your mind. Uh, he had been dealing with a, a variety of ailments over uh, over quite a bit of time, uh, but he fell ill suddenly and succumbed to uh, his illness and died just a few days before the end of session. It cast a pall over the end of session. It also instantly created a situation where uh, a new speaker had to be elected. Now, some people are a little confused by this. I, I want to be clear. The Speaker of the Maryland House of Delegates is a constitutional officer under our state constitution, uh, just like the governor, uh, just like the, the president of the Senate. This is someone who has to be in place. There has to be a Speaker of the House of, of Delegates. So with that vacancy, uh, and while he was ill, uh, the Speaker pro tem, the, the vice speaker, if you will, the backup speaker, was Delegate Adrienne Jones. Uh, from Baltimore County, who was filling in and who was a bit of a protege of of Mike Bush. When Speaker Bush passed away, uh, there became very quickly, and and the timing of this is kind of interesting as well, 
very quickly a scramble for who will replace the speaker. Now, it's important to understand because we kind of take these things for granted. And, and those of us who cover this stuff and are, and are familiar with this, uh, we kind of make assumptions about what people know. The Speaker of the House in the Maryland House of Delegates, okay, unlike maybe the Speaker of the House of Representatives in, in, in Washington, D.C. or other legislatures, the Speaker in the House of Delegates in Maryland has extraordinary power. And one of the main powers that the Speaker of the House of the Maryland House of Delegates has is the appointment of committee chairs. There are uh, a number of standing committees in the House of Delegates set by the House rules. Those, those committee chairs have the ability to essentially what's called put legislation into a drawer. They, they have in de facto uh, veto of any legislation that comes before their committee. And because they have that kind of authority and they serve at the pleasure of the speaker – who is elected by a majority of the members of the House of Delegates, the Speaker has a lot of, a lot of authority, a lot of control over uh, what, what legislation goes, goes through and what legislation doesn't. And because, he has, because the Speaker has such direct control and such really almost absolute control over who chairs committees, there's a lot, there's a lot of people who want those very powerful positions who have, you know, uh, who are going to be loyal to whoever the speaker is. That's very, very important. Okay. There's, there's other aspects that the speaker has as well, but that's the most important power. So it's an incredibly powerful position in the state legislature, and particularly, of, of course, in the lower house and the House of Delegates. So when Speaker Bush passes away, after having served as speaker for a couple of decades, since Cass Taylor was defeated, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, many, many years ago, there's this scramble now for who is going to replace Speaker Bush. And for many, many years, there's been kind of talk about this. Obviously, that talk has been accelerated as Speaker Bush's health has been in decline and been in question. Maggie McIntosh, delegate from Baltimore City, longtime delegate from Baltimore City, chair of the Appropriations Committee, arguably the most powerful committee and the most power, the chairman of the most powerful committee in the House of Delegates, because they're the ones that, that dole out the money. She was, re, she was regarded as many, by many, as the heir apparent. She's very progressive. She is, uh, she is a lesbian, a homosexual woman, LGBT uh, um, person, identifies with, with uh, that group. She is, she is a darling of uh, progressives within the state and left-wing groups, and she has been a, a great proponent of some of the most radical left-wing legislation that has come through the legislature the past few decades. Uh, even even further and faster than Mike Bush and other and other leaders within the Democratic caucus, stick a pin in that. Opposing her was Delegate Derek Davis, who was the who was another powerful committee chairman from Prince George's County. He represented um, the Legislative Black Caucus and Prince George's County. Uh, and he was prompted, and it's not clear which came first, the chicken or the egg here, but a group of African-American ministers who wield tremendous power, particularly within the districts uh, that elect members of the Legislative Black Caucus and, and represent extraordinary – are very much kingmakers in Democratic bastions like Baltimore City and Prince George's County, sent a letter out to – uh, members of the Legislative Black Caucus saying they were adamant that the 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 um, the replacement of Speaker Bush be an African American, and that this was an historic opportunity. African Americans make up a uh, a large portion of our state population. They make up a very very important constituency within the Maryland Democratic Party. Just to give you some numbers as far as elected members in the Maryland House of Delegates, there are 97, 98 Democrats. There are 42 Republicans. 
of those 97, 98 Democrats, approximately, I think, 40 couple of them are members of the Legislative Black Caucus. So this is a huge portion of the Democratic Caucus. And there was very quickly a split between Derek Davis and Maggie McIntosh. Now, complicating this initially was Delegate Adrienne Jones, who was also was interested. Many thought that she got into the race a little too late because she was very deferential um, to Speaker Bush's passing and did not want to be um, – and, and I think was sincerely mourning the passage of the Speaker, who was a great mentor to her. And waited until the speaker, you know, all the all the um, all the services around the speaker were completed before making any serious effort to campaign to replace him, which is not something that apparently Delegate McIntosh or Derek Davis were doing. Many around Annapolis thought she got into the race too late, that she was behind, and so it very rapidly was becoming a two-person race, and the the split within the Democratic Caucus was between Baltimore City and the the D.C. suburbs, particularly Prince George's County. It was between uh, the ideological left-wing progressives and the, um, the, the, the legislative black caucus, the African-American community, particularly um, those, those ministers that I mentioned. This was the split. These are not new splits within the Maryland Democratic Party. These are old splits that have been going on for a long time, but they came to the surface. In a very, very bold, and I think one of the, one of the most aggressive and brilliant um, political moves, uh, after the governor called a special session, and, and the legislature had to convene, and the Senate had to come in too in order to elect a new speaker. That had to be done. There was a couple different ways a new, uh, a special session could have been called. This could not have been done, by the way, just, just if you remember. Uh, Speaker Bush passed away. There was not enough time to have the services for him and then do this, didn't, didn't do an election for a replacement speaker um, during the legislative, during the regular legislative session. There was going to have to be a special session. The governor issued a proclamation, which he's able to do on the Constitution, calling for a special session for May 1st, so yesterday. The sole purpose of it was going to be the election of a new Speaker of the House. In the days leading up to that, you had very open and very behind the scenes infighting amongst state Democrats. We've written and talked about at Red Maryland how the, the chairman of the Maryland Democratic Party, Dr. Uh, Dr. Um, Cummings, uh, Elijah Cummings' wife, Dr. Maya Rockymore, sent out a very scathing letter because what had happened was this split within the Democratic caucus created an opportunity for the Republicans to be the determining, uh, the determining group. 42 Republicans made the decision under, I think, very very well-executed leadership by Delegate, uh, the minority leader, Delegate Kipke, and uh, Delegate Jalega, the minority whip, the, the Republicans were going to stick together. They were going to vote as a block because they knew if the Democrats split, they wouldn't have 71 votes within their caucus, and the 42 re- votes that the Republican gave to either candidate was going to end up making the difference. And it had always been assumed that, that the Republicans were going to tend more towards Derek Davis because he was not going to get a majority of the House Democratic Caucus. He was a bit more conservative. And this is these are relative things. Brian, Brian wrote a great piece. None of these people are conservatives by any stretch of the imagination. None of them are conservative Democrats. They're, they're, you know, Davis is slightly more moderate than the far left wing Maggie McIntosh. But he was a little more friendly to business. He he wasn't as he he, he was supported by these uh, African American pastors who had been, you know, this is a this is a group that had been a little, and this is important because it'll come back into the story. Uh, these African American ministers who were a bit more culturally conservative than than the progressives within the legislature. They opposed same sex marriage when that came up. Uh, they were opposed to physician-assisted suicide, which which lost in the legislature by one vote. 
that key vote being a member of the Legislative Black Caucus in the state Senate. Uh, the progressives were very, very unhappy with the, with, the, with the prospect of Derek Davis being elected Speaker of the House, particularly with Republican votes being the determining factor. More, and this was why the, the threat from, from uh, the Maryland Democratic Party chairman, who essentially was saying, if, if you are a Democrat uh, delegate in the House of Delegates and you vote uh, with the Republicans, you are going to be punished. And the only people who were going to do that de facto were people who were going to support Derek Davis, i.e. the first African-American Speaker of the House. So you had this absurd and rather grotesque scene last week of an African-American chairman of the Maryland Democratic Party, the, the wife of a arguably a civil rights icon in Elijah Cummings, threatening elected Democrats – who voted, who would be voting for the first African-American Speaker of the House in the state of Maryland. And progressives were adamant that Derek Davis was unacceptable because he was not far left enough. So in the move that I mentioned, this brilliant move, Adrian Jones, Delegate Jones, drops out of the race, meets with Derek Davis at the African-American Museum, announces that she will endorse Derek Davis. She would drop out and endorse Derek Davis. Uh, Delegate uh, Talmadge is there, who is who is a, a, a leading light within the Legislative Black Caucus, a an acolyte of Speaker Mike Bush. Delegate Jones says something that I think needs to be written in stone when the story of this this entire deal is written. She made the statement that, quote. Unity, I'm not quoting, but she said that unity had to triumph over politics and pride. And here's what she meant by that. Unity, she's talking about unity within the African-American community to elect the first African-American speaker. That it was, it was time that Maryland elected an African-American. The African-American community, Legislative Black Caucus, was bound and determined that they were not going to wait in line any longer. They, had, they were a tremendous part of the, the, the Democratic caucus. They were the reason that the Democrats had the supermajority that they had. They were not going to continue to wait after all of these centuries, frankly, of white men holding this position. The next speaker was going to be African-American. And that was more important, as she put out, over politics there she's talking – politics is a reference to um, uh, progressive ideology because it was, it was progressives who put, who put their ideology first over intersectional identity politics in voting against Davis. That, wasn't gonna, that was going to have to take a backseat. And pride – and there's a clear reference to the LGBT community who hated Derek Davis, who made a point of the fact that Derek Davis had voted against same-sex marriage years ago. This was an open rift, an intersectional car crash, as Brian Griffiths termed it, between a, a, an inter, intersectional face-off in the, the highest possible stakes identity politics game of poker between African Americans and the LGBTQ plus community. And the stakes, the stakes were the speakership of the House of Delegates in Maryland. So that's the background here. Democrats ripping themselves apart. And the very real prospect that a majority of Democratic members of the House of Delegates were going to vote against the first African-American Speaker of the House. And that that's, that African-American Speaker of the House was going to get elected with the help of Republicans. That was what they were looking at. This was, this was the disaster that, that, that progressives were looking at. So what happens? We get in yesterday. Session starts late. The Republicans come out, issue a very terse statement, which I think was very smart. They didn't take questions. They didn't say anything that could have screwed anything up. They just said, we're going to cast all of our votes 
for Derek Davis for Speaker of the House. That's what they said. The, uh, the Democrats talk. They decide to take a secret ballot vote. Amongst their members, 58 members voted for, if I, if, if I got the numbers right, and I may have the numbers off a little bit, um, 58 members voted for Maggie McIntosh, 40 voted for uh, Derek Davis. That meant that Derek Davis had enough votes, along with the Republicans, to get over that 71-vote margin and be elected speaker. And yet, at the same time, most Democrats were going to vote against him. Now, the pressure that was being put on Derek Davis was he should, he should submit to the will of the, of the Democratic caucus. And this was the threat from Democrats. Democrats were saying, we can't allow Republicans to determine the outcome of who the speaker is. And what the Legislative Black Caucus and people like Derek Davis were saying, and these ministers were saying, is no way. We're not going to take a back seat. We don't have to. If we stick together in unity, okay, as African-Americans and as, and as uh, African-American members of the legislature, we're going to achieve and, and accomplish the election of the first African-American Speaker of the House. And if the Democratic – and if progressives or the, or the Democratic establishment in the, form of, in the form of the organized Maryland Democratic Party were going to get in the way – they weren't going to stop them. Unity was going to overcome politics and pride. And so faced with that math, the Democrats recaucused, realized that this was going to be a disaster of epic proportions. And essentially, Maggie McIntosh and the progressives um, found a way to surrender while saving face. And the way that they did it was to nominate a compromise candidate, the compromise ended up being Adrian Jones, who had supported Derek Davis, who is African-American, who originally was interested in the spot, but backed out to back Davis. With that, everybody, including the Republicans, all the Democrats, all the Republicans, unanimous vote for Adrian Jones. And she is now the first African-American, the first woman speaker of the Maryland House of Delegates. And what's fascinating about this, and Brian Wright wrote a great piece, Winners and Losers, from, from all of this at RedMaryland.com. I urge you to check it out. What's fascinating about this is that it exposes the very deep fissures within the Maryland Democratic Party. Okay? Now, some of you may say, well, at the end, they came together. No, at the end, the progressives surrendered. The progressives and the LGBT community surrendered to the Legislative Black Caucus, who were backed by Republicans. Republicans were the difference, even though they have a very small minority in the House. Them staying unified, them willing to exert their influence, made all the difference in the world. Adrienne Jones does not – Maggie McIntosh is the speaker, but for the Republicans sticking together and coming out boldly in favor of Derek Davis. Full stop. Adrian Jones is just a fig leaf for progressives to save face from surrendering to the Legislative Black Caucus. That's all it is. This is a way for them to say, no, we didn't really lose. We, uh, we just we, – <laughs> we compromised. We came together in the name of unity. No, folks, they surrendered. Make no mistake about it. And you know what? If Adrian, if this was Adrian Jones' plan all around, she makes Niccolo Machiavelli look like a piker because it was brilliant. And the fact is, we don't have a Republican in charge. We were never going to have that. We don't have a uh, a a real moderate Democrat or a real. Cons- we certainly don't have a conservative Democrat. It's not clear that we're going to be able to this ad hoc. Uh, alliance between African-Americans and Republicans will continue, though it does raise some interesting opportunities, doesn't it? Particularly on some issues. Republicans probably aren't going to get the, the, the concessions that they might have gotten if the vote had gone all the way to the mat. The Republicans, the Democrats get to save the face of an absolute PR disaster if they had voted against the first African-American speaker who ended up winning anyway. But the progressives lost this race, and they're not happy about it. 
They're trying to pretend like it all worked out the way they wanted. They're trying to deny the Republicans had any influence in this, but they surrendered unconditionally. Maggie McIntosh will never be Speaker of the House of Delegates, which is something she dreamed of for a long, long time. She was defeated utterly. And even though it's, it's in the big scheme of things, it's a small victory because the Democrats are still going to push their agenda and it's still going to be left wing. It's going to be much more like what we've seen over the past few years with Mike Bush. It's not going to be that far left radical push that we've seen on issues like sanctuary state, on issues, um, you know, on the most radical LGBTQ plus things that we've seen on the most. Uh, the most radical gun control stuff. It's still going to be very progressive and left wing, but this is a victory. And, it, and, you know, it's a fascinating insight into the deep splits within the Democratic Party. And one thing I want to say before we go to break, just to tie this story up. What's interesting about this is when the Democrats were split, when they had to come together in a big way, when their unity was required, they, 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 they couldn't quite do it, okay? It worked out. They found a way with Adrian Jones. But you have to wonder, when the time comes for redistricting, when the governor issues a map and the Democrats try to pass their own map and try to log roll a map that gets enough votes to override a gubernatorial veto, are they going to be able to do it? Are they going to be able to unify that when, you know, it's one thing to say who the speaker is. You want to be on the right side of it and everybody finds a way to compromise and save face. But suppose some of these guys are going to lose seats or have seats under the governor's plan that are better than what they could get under the Democrats plan. It's fascinating it's very clear that there are members of the legislature on the Democratic side, a lot of them, who are willing to break ranks with um, other Democrats, that, that there is not that uniform, you know, Democratic loyalty to one another that, that a lot of folks on our side insist is the case. And I, and I think it presents an interesting opportunity when it comes to redistricting time if the governor is very savvy and very adroit and is smart with you know, kind of the carrots and the sticks in his plan to get enough votes to prevent an override. Because here, you know, they had 98 members. They couldn't get 71 of their own members to vote the same way. Imagine if they had to get the votes to override a veto and they had that kind of split. Uh, just saying, just something to think about. If you assume the Democrats always come together at the end of the day and you think this was an example of it, you're really not paying that close attention. But anyway, it's fascinating, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how they try to come together. Because my guess is there's going to be some ongoing bad blood, especially as on a national level, Democrats are tearing each other apart in the presidential race. So if you enjoy um, – if, if you love to partake in the shameful joy, the schadenfreude of Democrat-on-Democrat Democrat violence – I think you're headed for a good year here in Maryland. That's all I got to say. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. A couple other stories we got to hit. The, uh, by the way, the mayor of Baltimore resigned today. And, uh, you know, the, the Democrats continue their campaign, this, this rolling juggernaut of tax increases uh, that are a direct consequence of, of last year's election results. We'll talk all about that when we come back. You're listening to Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network. You know, getting caught for a DUI is something that can happen to anyone. A simple mistake that can have serious lifelong consequences for the person who commits the offense. That's why if you're caught driving under the influence, you should have the best attorney standing up for you, protecting your rights. Gregory M. Klein is that attorney, a lawyer with a track record of strong defense for those arrested for DUI. If you need a lawyer, call 410-541-6DUI or visit annarundeldui.com. Gregory M. Klein, 410-541-6384.
Hey, another reminder, if you're interested in supporting all the good work we do at redmaryland.com, we certainly could use your support. A great way to do it is going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash redmaryland is a place to go to sign up. And if you pledge as little as a dollar a month, you'll be able to help us continue uh, the good work we do advancing the cause of conservatism and spreading the word throughout the state uh, at higher levels. And you can check it out at patreon.com slash red Maryland. Uh, you'll be able to get special bumper stickers, invitations, to special events, and tickets to next year's red Maryland leadership conference. All of our patrons can access to exclusive content, including our new upcoming history of red Maryland podcast, where we kind of pull the curtain all the way back and tell you the stories of the history of red Maryland. All of that, For our patrons, we certainly appreciate your support, and it's a great way to do it. Again, for as little as a dollar a month, you can help us advance the cause of Red Maryland. Please go to patreon.com slash Red Maryland for more information. Well, because they got great banter. They jib-jab. Jib-jab, jib-jab, jib-jab. I use it for the car. Just my stereo is busted. We're back here on Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network. A little white snake. They're the headliners Saturday night at M3. If you're going out there, let me know. I'd love to see you. I will be out there enjoying myself. Okay, uh, one more time. I want to remind you because time is running out. This is the last time we'll have a chance to remind you about it. Tonight's episode of Red Maryland Radio is sponsored by our friends at the Frederick County Republican Central Committee who have their annual Lincoln Reagan Day dinner next Friday, May 10th going to be held at the Linganore Winery, 13601 Glissons Mill Road in Mount Airy. Uh, VIP reception starts at 6, dinner starts at 7. Their special keynote speaker, Congressman Jim Jordan. Now, this guy is one of the leading Republicans uh, in Washington. He knows, he knows everything that's going on. He's a great speaker. You're definitely going to want to hear from him. Get your tickets now, sponsorship information. Contact our friend Joey Lynn Huff. You can call her, 240-315-6229, or you can shoot her an email, joeylynnh at comcast.net, and that's brought to you authority, Frederick County Republican Central Committee, Joey Lynn Huff, treasure, and we thank them for sponsoring Red Maryland Radio this week. Uh, And there's a link at redmaryland.com. You don't have to write this down. Just go to redmaryland.com on the show page, and uh, you can get more information. Definitely urge you to check that out. He's a he's a fantastic speaker. It's a great event. Uh, Frederick County Republicans, that is a battleground county. They certainly can use your help. Uh, a lot of good Republicans up there uh, fighting the good fight. All right, a couple more stories I want to get to tonight because it's been a busy week. Today, the um, – and I just want to pull up the article that I had here. The mayor of Baltimore has – Resigned, finally. In a letter read by her attorney, Steve Silverman, uh, which apparently was drafted by the city solicitor, uh, former federal judge Andre Davis, uh, the mayor of Baltimore, uh, Catherine Pugh, announced that she is resigning. She's very, very sorry for all the pain that she's caused. And uh, this ends at least this chapter of an ongoing saga that began uh, months ago with the revelations first by the uh, local blog Baltimore Brew that eventually expanded upon uh, and, and dug deeper into by the Baltimore Sun about these um, improper, let's say that for the moment, alleged, let's use, let's sprinkle that word in there. Uh, impropriety of the governor in financial transactions involving the uh, University of Maryland Medical Center and the sale of her children's book, which was wildly successful and being bought up by a lot of institutions while she was a state senator who had contracts with the state and with UMMS. 
Yeah, you you've heard the story. It was it was it was semi clever corruption. Uh, that's what it was. It's been exposed. You, one wonders if uh, our media, particularly the Baltimore Sun, had been on this beat for years, how many uh, rocks they could have kicked over and exposed. And I think the, the folks at the Baltimore Brew getting it started deserve a lot of credit on this, too. There's there's a lot more of this that just hasn't been found yet. But the mayor had been ill. She come down with something, uh, she she told people, and she was she was recuperating at home. And uh, finally succumb to the pressure, it would seem, to, to resign. Uh, this was after the FBI and the IRS, of course, last week uh, raided her home and city hall, a, 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 uh, another mark in the sordid history of, of Baltimore city government. The first time that the IRS and the FBI have raided city hall in, in Baltimore. Now, some of you are probably surprised that it's never happened before. Um, but you know it hadn't for all the for all the uh, illegality that former mayors have been involved in, some alleged, some proven, some never to be known. Uh, th- this was this this is a new low for the city. Um, interim mayor Jack Young, the president of the city council, has has now taken over. As mayor, of course, he wasn't in Baltimore. He was in Detroit when all this happened. Even though we'd known for at least 24 hours that this announcement was likely, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, maybe it's better the guy's not in Baltimore. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, uh, the reaction to this is, you know, the governor is making a statement that you know, now we can move forward. Mike Miller is saying this is a sad story. Of course, he was very close with Catherine Pugh. In the state Senate, when she was getting all these payoffs for all this legislation that Mike Miller had an oversight over, not hearing a lot of things that tie him into all this, I wonder why. But I digress. So where does Baltimore go from here? Where can it find? There there are lots of – we have a mayoral election coming up, a lot of folks lining up. Are any of them any better than what we've seen in the past? Can Baltimore elect um, a, a, an honest politician? Is is the city politics even set up to allow someone like that to win? I think it's pretty pretty questionable. Who would that be? We'll see. I I am I am not optimistic. Meanwhile, the city continues to have intractable problems with with crime with, um, you know, education uh, inefficiencies and mismanagement that are only getting worse because you can't even keep a mayor in office, let alone a a decent um, police commissioner or superintendent of schools. And it's, it's a sad state. I don't have to tell you how ridiculous it is how important Baltimore City is to Maryland, how much all of us as Maryland taxpayers have literally invested with our tax money into the city of Baltimore. And it is, um, you know, this resignation allows other things to go forward. There there are going to be other shoes to drop. There's likely going to be a federal prosecution. There's likely more more to this that is being told. I would I, I don't think I'm being overly cynical in assuming that one of the reasons the mayor delayed as long as she did, uh, it could have actually been for her health, but it also could have been that she was negotiating some sort of deal um, to, you know, to have a relatively soft landing, because I guarantee that if she wanted to, she could probably roll over on a lot of politicians in the state and in the city of Baltimore. And I bet federal prosecutors who are de- very rapidly developing a case against her would be fascinated to hear what she might have to say. If that never materializes, I think you're going to get a pretty good idea what, what she's been doing the last couple of weeks. But that's me being cynical. I don't have any inside information to that. Anyway, we'll we'll see. We'll see. So another 
another mayor of Baltimore who has failed and, and left in disgrace, it would seem. All right, moving on. Let's get to another story of Democrats acting badly and, frankly, very predictably. We've been talking about this for a while. You know, elections have consequences. We all know that, right? With the, with the uh, blue wave of last year's elections, we saw a number of Republicans, uh, who, uh, county executives and, and, and others, who were replaced by Democrats. We saw Kevin Kamenetz, who was a Democrat who ran for governor, who passed away during that, that race, who, was, who, who one, of his, one of his main running points as, as uh, a gubernatorial candidate, which ironically he got away from fairly quickly when it was clear that it wasn't going to help him in a contested gubernatorial primary – one of the things Kevin Kamenetz talked about early in his campaign was the fact that he had not raised taxes in Baltimore County, even though he was a Democrat. In fact, income taxes in Baltimore County had not been raised for decades. This was a, this was a point of pride even for Democrats in Baltimore County, a very swing county. Well, Kevin Kamenetz was replaced um, by a very left-wing progressive, Johnny Olszewski Jr., who, despite his campaign promises, to no Republican surprise, came in and announced that he was going to jack up taxes and fees. Exactly what we've seen Democrats do throughout time and throughout the state uh, is that they say they're not going to raise taxes, but in order to get away with the spending that they want to have, they, of course, do have to raise taxes. We saw the same thing with Gavin Buckley replacing Mike Panelides in Annapolis City. We're seeing it in Howard County with Calvin Ball replacing Alan Repkowski. Huge tax increases right after the election to get a, a huge shock with hopes that people will forget when the, when the next election rolls around. All to fund excessive spending. Well, guess what? To no one's surprise, it's happened here in Anne Arundel County now, too. This is the Annapolis Capitol. Anne Arundel County Executive Stuart Pittman's first budget includes more police officers and firefighters, a new police helicopter, $46 million additional funding for education, and an increased income and property taxes that could cost the average county taxpayers about $442 a year. Pittman revealed the $1.7 billion fiscal, uh, billion fiscal year 2020 budget Wednesday during his first budget address. The previous budget totaled about $1.6 billion. The new proposed tax rates are 2.1% for the piggyback income tax here in the county, up from 2.5%, and 93.5 cents per 100 assessed value uh, property tax, up from 90.2%. A massive income tax and property tax increase in a, in a well-known tax-averse county in Anne Arundel County. Um, it's outrageous, but it's not a surprise. And as Brian uh, Griffiths points out, he's got a great piece, The Pittman Payoff, at redmaryland.com. I urge you to go check it out. Stuart Pittman didn't expect to win. He was an underdog all the way. The blue wave carried him over. People who were voting Democrat down ballot, uh, who were angry at the president who came out to vote, who, many of whom supported Governor Hogan, who won precisely because he campaigned on Cutting taxes, not raising them, ended up electing a big tax and spend Democrat in Stuart Pittman, who is now paying off his union supporters in the teachers' unions and the firefighters' unions. Look, TAC is celebrating today. This is a huge victory for them. And now that the Democrats have a majority in the county council, it's likely that these massive tax increases will go through. Now, it, it, look, it's outrageous. It's unsustainable. It's not necessary. We've had uh, conservative fiscal leadership in this county. I've lived here for the last 25 years, okay? My daughter went to college, or I mean, went, went through uh, public education here in Anne Arundel County, all the way through here. She got a great education during that time of, uh, conservative fiscal leadership where we didn't have these massive tax increases and was fined 
and was fine. This is a payoff to unions. This is a payoff to the firefighter union. This is a payoff to TAC and the teachers unions. It's, it's, it's clearly what it is. And it is right out of the Democratic playbook. And I know many of you didn't vote for this guy, wouldn't have voted for this guy. But if there are a few of you who might have, or you have friends who voted Democrat down ballot, who maybe voted for someone like Larry Hogan, they've got to own these tax increases. This is this is who the Democrats are. And and these aren't these aren't slight tax increases. These aren't taking the most out of the tax cap. These are huge tax increases. There's also going to be a huge bond issuance that he's going to have as a way to get around some of the uh, some of the tax cap issues that that are going to put uh, county taxpayers on the hook. It is a massive tax and spend plan that is going to give enormous sticker shock. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I'm a citizen of this county. Do I have an extra 440 bucks? You know, if it's per person, does that mean my wife too? If we're talking a thousand bucks, I got to come up with in county taxes. Folks up in Baltimore County are going to have to pay taxes now or fees if the if the county council up there approves approves uh, what Johnny O is talking about on their cell phones and everything else. In addition to, you know, they're jacking up the the income tax at the same rate as Baltimore City. In the city of Annapolis, they had a huge tax increase last year. And this is the problem. This is the problem. One of the this is a big fallout, and, and some people aren't gonna like what I'm gonna say right now. Election consequence, the nationalization of elections. One of the greatest issues that Maryland Republicans have is the tax issue. If we hold the line on taxes, you're gonna have to hold the line on spending. By necessity, you starve the beast, and that kind of fiscal conservatism is popular with most voters. That's why Governor Hogan has a 71% approval rating. That's what most, even a lot of Democrats and a lot of independents who, you know, may not like what's going on in Washington or may have very liberal views on other things, they don't want their taxes going up. And this is the strongest argument that we have. But, and if, but if our message gets mixed or gets lost in the shuffle because people are angry with, with some Democrat or some Republican in, in the White House, um, this unfortunately is a result. We're literally paying for that now. So we'll have to rally and we'll have to kick these people out. But, but uh, just stand by. I mean, we're going to continue to see this. We see this everywhere. This is who the Democrats are. The progressive agenda has an enormous price tag, and when these folks actually get the levers of power, and they didn't get it in Annapolis, they didn't win the governorship. If we had a Democratic governor right now, you'd be seeing this on – you'd be having huge tax increases in Annapolis as well, guaranteed. So for those of you who you know, aren't real big fans of Governor Hogan – Imagine all of this happening coming out of Annapolis, too, on top of what's happening if you live in Baltimore County or Howard County or Anne Arundel County. So that's why we do what we do. We could use your help getting the word out here, try to prevent this from happening again in the next election, which I think we can. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, Brian will be back with me next week for our next edition of Red Maryland Radio. Love to get your feedback. As always, you can email us, redmaryland at gmail.com. Please do leave us your comments there. You can leave your comments at facebook.com slash redmaryland. You can also send us a message at, um, uh, we're on Twitter, twitter, uh, twitter.com slash redmaryland, at redmaryland is our handle. On there, we're on all the social media. You can find us. Uh, we, We always appreciate um, <clears throat> excuse me. We always appreciate your feedback. Don't forget, May is Maryland Podcast Month. Thank you again to uh, Paul Dragos and Jimmy Braswell from JB's Drive-In Movie Podcast for joining me earlier. Uh, if you're into movies and you like guys talking about movies, um, definitely urge you to check that out. If that's not your thing, I guarantee you, you're going to find some great podcasts 
at MarylandPodcastMonth.com. We urge you to check that out. We're, you know, we're big supporters of this medium, and uh, there's a lot of good stuff here. So uh, definitely urge you to check that out. Finally, make it one more pitch. Excuse me. <coughs> Our Patreon page, we could use your support to get the message out to advance the cause of conservatives and to fight back against what we're dealing with with the Democrats in Annapolis and in the counties throughout the state, please do go to patreon.com slash redmaryland and consider being a patron. For as little as a dollar a month, there are, there are many levels above that which will help us out and there are special um, gifts and opportunities uh, for um, special you know, uh, rewards if you have higher levels. But if you go to patreon.com slash redmaryland, uh, please do support us there. We really appreciate it. There's going to be patron-exclusive content that we're going to have uh, in the very near future to share with you. We're going to have a big announcement next week, by the way, on next year's uh, Red Maryland Leadership Conference. If you attended last year's conference, you may have, you may want to make sure you check your email because you may have gotten an email with an exclusive opportunity to buy tickets already. We've We've had some folks take advantage of that. We're going to have a big announcement next week. If you missed out on it last year, don't miss out on it in 2020. You want to check that out next week. All right. When Brian will be here, we'll do that. We'll have a lot more to talk about. I'm sure a lot. I doubt we'll have a week as crazy as this, but I'm sure we'll have some uh, plenty to talk about. So with that, let me bid you a fond adieu. Uh, This is Greg Klein. Thank you for listening to Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network. Uh, hang in there. We will get there. And I will leave you with the uh, some music from the headliner for Sunday at M3, which I will be enjoying. Uh, Dawkin with original members. Unfortunately, George Lynch was ill and can't be there, but they're still a great band. They're great live. This, of course, is Breaking the Chains. Folks, thanks for listening. Hang in there. We will get there.